Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, winter wheat is up and growing all across Texas. You can see those green wheat fields all across the countryside right now. However, the condition of that crop is not all that great. We'll check the latest USDA winter wheat crop ratings coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We've heard some discouraging reports about hemp from time to time, but there appears to be some cause for optimism in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. It'll be drier and warmer than normal across the state of Texas in the month of December. We'll have a complete forecast from the National Weather Service. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. Cotton harvest is progressing well with open weather, a strong market, and some good yields here on the Rolling Plains. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The winter wheat crop is struggling this year, both here in Texas and all across the West, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. We have seven states where at least one quarter of the winter wheat is rated in very poor-to-poor condition. Those states, in alphabetical order, Colorado, Michigan, Montana, Oregon, Texas, South Dakota, and Washington, most of those states heading the wrong direction due to dryness, especially across the Plains states and parts of the Northwest. As we finish up the year, Montana comes in at the unfortunate top spot for the very poor-to-poor ratings. 56% very poor-to-poor in Montana, up from 42% a week ago. Other states with fairly high numbers coming in. Oregon, 48% very poor-to-poor. Texas, 45%. And yes, as Rippy said, 45% of the Texas wheat crop rated poor-to-very-poor. 35% is rated fair, and only 20% of the wheat crop rated in the good-to-excellent categories. The annual meeting of the state's largest farm organization is this weekend. Hundreds of farmers and ranchers from across Texas will head to Corpus Christi later this week for networking and grassroots policy development for the state's largest farm organization. Texas Farm Bureau's 88th annual meeting will be December 3rd through the 5th. About 1,000 farmers and ranchers are expected at the event to craft policy for Farm Bureau, discuss the latest agricultural issues, recognize successes from the past year, and network. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Governor Greg Abbott will speak during the event. Jen Benton, illustrator of the children's book Barn at Night, will be on hand to sign copies of the book. And the winners of TFB's Outstanding Young Farmer and Rancher and Excellence in Agriculture Competitions will be named at the event. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, 
I'm Jessica Domel. December is here and agriculture faces a critical month of decisions on Capitol Hill. American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval says the first job will be keeping the government open. A government shutdown never helps anyone. It frustrates everyone and we would hope that through coming together from both sides of the aisles they can find a way around that. Another issue closely watched by ag groups is the reauthorization of livestock mandatory reporting, which could include cattle market reforms by Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. My and Fisher's bill must be right along with that, and it's very appropriate that it would because it's just kind of an extension of the transparency we need for the cattle feeders to know that they're getting a fair price. There will also be the upcoming fight over the Biden administration's $2 trillion social spending and climate agenda package, which the American Farm Bureau is opposing. There's still potential for hemp to be a viable crop on the Texas High Plains. James Hunt takes a look at this new crop from Amarillo. During the two years since hemp became a legal crop in Texas, we've heard about a lot of disappointing outcomes for farmers, most especially on the financial side with the collapse of the CBD market. So here's some advice from Kyle Bingham, president of the nonprofit organization known as Texas Hemp Growers Association. If you don't have a contract from a company that's already paid their farmers at least once, then don't do it in a big way. Take it slow and don't risk the farm on hemp. Bingham, who grows hemp on the family farm southwest of Lubbock, offered this suggestion on a cautious approach that could work for new producers. If you're interested and you've got a contract, you know, maybe grow half a circle and see what happens. If you don't have a contract, go grow 20 acres, learn how to grow it, position yourself. I think the market's close to being ready to really scale up in a big way. And one thing that supports that optimistic note from Bingham is progress on getting infrastructure in place, like the new Delta Ag facility in Slayton. They've got the decortication, which is going to be similar to a cotton gin, where they're going to take that hemp fiber and they're going to separate out the herd, the fiber, the exterior fiber, clean that down into the raw components where it's ready to go to the end manufacturer. So basically the same thing that a cotton gin would do. And so they've got one of the few operational machines in the U.S. right now, and they're running at scale. And that's kind of been one of the roadblocks to really breaking this market wide open on the fiber side. And so we could be very close to seeing substantial acres that we're able to consume, purchase, and move. More on hemp tomorrow. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. December looks to continue the warmer and drier weather pattern across Texas. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Fort Worth meteorologist for a weather update. National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw joins us uh, again from Fort Worth as we look at the current month's weather forecast. And uh, Tom, let's look at December and uh, what uh, is the radar and the crystal ball showing you? Well, it's good to be with you again, Tom. And unfortunately, we're starting to sound like a broken record. We've been we've been talking about warmer and drier conditions across the Lone Star State for the last several months now, and it looks like December is probably going to hold true to form as another uh, another month when we're going to see warmer than normal conditions and also much drier than normal conditions across pretty much the entire state. Now, farmers across uh, the state have planted winter wheat and uh, small grains and have those pastures out there. They certainly need the rain, so the drought monitor is showing a lot of abnormally dry to moderate drought to even some severe 
severe drought in, in some areas. So uh, that certainly doesn't bode well from that standpoint. Parts of the Panhandle and parts of West Texas, as well as parts of Northeast and East Central Texas, are really starting to take it on the chin moisture-wise. We're seeing a moderate to severe drought across many counties across those parts of the state. Now, I think as far as December is concerned, we're definitely going to see some rain. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a complete lockout as far as any precipitation, but unfortunately, it looks like we'll probably see much less rain than we would normally see for the month of December. Probably still see some snow up at the Panhandle and parts of West Texas, maybe even North Texas, but again, with warmer than normal conditions expected, the, the likelihood of any significant snowfall is, is probably diminished quite a bit. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cotton harvest is progressing well on the rolling plains of Texas. Barry Mahler has a harvest update from the Wichita Falls area. Cotton harvest continues here on the rolling plains with some very good yields being reported. Now, this crop got off to a late start last spring with rainy weather delaying planting and leaving just enough time to get the crop in before the crop insurance deadline in June. Now, that delayed planting created some problems early on as there was not enough time for a replant and there were quite a few acres that were abandoned early due to lack of stand. Now, cotton does not fare well with excessive rainfall right after planting as it can cause a poor stand of plants and due to this lack of stand, some of the acres just didn't make it. Adequate moisture was there across a lot of the plains up until late August and into early September, just when a lot of the fruit from this late crop was trying to mature into good fiber, and this presented a problem that's showing up in the grades this year. As the plant is trying to mature the fiber in the bowls, it takes a lot of moisture and good nutrition to turn it out well, and, and, and that dry spell left a gap in that process. Most cotton is graded here in the U.S. to determine the quality of the fiber, and if you've ever heard the expression fair to middling as a reply when asking an older person how they are. This is actually an old cotton classing term from a long time ago with good middling being good quality cotton. Now this grading process which started back in 1907 is a tool to help farmers market their crop and help end users find the quality of cotton for their particular product. For example, fine garments would require cloth made from a higher grade cotton than say padding for a mattress or chair. The higher the quality, the higher the price paid to the farmer. That late season dry spell left some of the crop grading lower than usual. The higher world price and strong demand for the fiber is offsetting some of that quality price loss and producers reporting yields that are helping to make this a good year even with the problems we're seeing. The Board of Trade price has been over a dollar a pound this season and when you combine that with reports of two bales per acre on the good ground and maybe a bale of production in a lot of other places, it's a pretty good year to have cotton in the field. Now this good year for cotton comes at a time when more acres are showing up here on the rolling plains as farmers are constantly searching for a crop that will provide a profit and at the same time offer a rotation from their traditional wheat and cattle operations. This is Barry Mahler reporting from North Central Texas for Texas Ag Today. If you're looking to give back this holiday season, you may consider an investment that lasts a lifetime. I'm Jessica Dommel and I'll have details on an engaging volunteer opportunity coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. And with winter weather upon us, cattlemen should take stock of their hay supplies. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. 
So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, the hay is all baled for the year. The winter weather is here. But do you know exactly what you have in that hay? Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd says it could pay to have that hay tested to know exactly what you have to feed your cattle this year. When determining how much hay you will need for the winter, a forage analysis is a good idea to be cost-effective and have efficient use of the hay. Dr. Dana Zook from Oklahoma State Extension indicates at Drovers.com that hay quality varies each year due to stage of maturity at cutting, soil fertility, growing conditions, harvest circumstances, and storage methods. The only method to understand the nutrient value of the hay is by using an accurate sampling procedure and a thorough lab analysis. Just because you had the hay tested from the same pasture last year does not mean the analysis will be the same, as no two years are alike. To get a good hay sample, you want to try and get an example of all the hay from a field, not just on the rich or poor land. All the hay should be harvested in a 48-hour period, and each lot should be uniform, including types of plants, weeds, cutting date, field where it was cut, and disease and pest damage if present. If there are major differences in the same field, it is a good idea to send in individual samples. To sample the hay, baled hay should be sampled after curing with a coarse sampler or a hay probe. The hay probe should penetrate the bale at least 12 to 18 inches and have an internal diameter of at least 3 eighths of an inch. And take plenty of samples, as 20 to 40 is typical, and combine them for analysis. Large round bales should be analyzed by taking a core sample in the center of the curved side of the bale and not from the ends. All samples can be combined and sent to the lab and testing for moisture, protein, and energy, as well as minerals to determine if supplementation will be needed this winter. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. If you're looking to give back this holiday season, you might want to consider an engaging volunteer opportunity. Jessica Domel tells all about it in today's Wildlife Report. Are you interested in helping the next generation learn how to hunt safely? The Texas Youth Hunting Program is now accepting applications from volunteers who are interested in helping with a hunt. Chris Mitchell, TYHP director, joins us with more. We recruit heavily from the parents that go on our hunt. The typical scenario is mom and dad take their kids on our hunts and then the kids leave the nest and mom and dad are like, okay, what do I do now? Well, we had an awful lot of fun on that Texas Youth Hunting Program. Maybe they need help. TYHP is run by volunteers. There's a small staff that helps train volunteers and get them ready to run hunts. But 99.9% of the work is done by just a tremendous group of, of volunteers who donate their time. Volunteer opportunities include assisting with hunt operations, cooking, firearm instruction, supervising ranges, conducting outdoor education, serving as a guide, and providing medical expertise. 
As Mitchell mentioned, it takes thousands of volunteer hours to run the Texas Youth Hunting Program hunts each year. Introductory, instructive hunts are available for a variety of species in Texas. The goal, according to Mitchell, is to provide a safe, educational outdoor experience while instilling an appreciation for the role that private landowners and hunters play in wildlife conservation. Volunteers can sign up on the TYHP website, tyhp.org. Click on the link at the top of the page that says Volunteer and Huntmasters. That's tyhp.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Well, this has been a rough week for the agricultural markets, so how did things shake out in Wednesday's trade? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy, finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit. But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market shook off its bearish sentiment from Monday and Tuesday on Wednesday and closed higher. December live cattle up 12 cents to 136. February live cattle up 70 cents to 138.60. January feeder cattle up 97 cents to 165.82. March feeder cattle up $1.40 to 167.90. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Here's auctioneer Troy with that livestock market operator report I promised you from Riley Rhodes at Live Oak Livestock Three Rivers. He sells them on Monday. Riley, how was Monday sale? That was a 1,012 head. All the cow market, uh, they were two to six higher. Called the lightweight calves, six to 12 higher, and some of the heavy calves at the early four to eight higher. Cow calf pairs, uh, 750 to 1150. Some red cows, 650 to 1100. And again, didn't have but maybe 10 or 12 of those. Packer cows, uh, high yielding cows, 62 to 68. Breaker 58 to 66, canners 24 to 54, packer bulls 84 to 92 in your high yielding bulls, 70 to 84 in your low to medium yielding bulls. The two to three weight choice steers 164 to 192, heifer mates 136 to 158, three to four weight choice steers 162 to 182, heifer mates 132 to 150, four to five weight choice steers 146 to 176, heifer mates 124 to 148, five to six weight choice steers 134 to 162, heifer mates 124 to 142. Six to seven weight choice steers, 134 to 148. Heifer mates, 122 to 134. And the seven to eight weight cattle, the choice steers, 128 to 142. Heifer mates, 120 to 132. 
So I was real pleased with it and had some uh, really good cattle here today, too. That makes a difference. So quality was uh, was good. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you if they want to buy or sell the next ground. 361-786-2553 is the office. Cell phone is 361-813-6650. A webpage, liveoaklivestock.com. And just a reminder, it's kind of early this year, but our last sale of the year will be at, uh, December the 13th. So we have two more sales, and then uh, we'll be closed and back open on January the 3rd. Riley, thank you so much. Neighbor, that was Riley Rhodes, Live Oak Live. Stock Three Rivers, Texas. Sells them every Monday. I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you. December lean hogs up 25 cents to 73.62. February lean hogs up 15 cents to 80.12. December Class Three milk up four cents to 18.05. January Class Three milk down 13 cents to 18.08. A hundredweight. A strong U.S. dollar. The continuation of the 2021 cotton harvest and the uncertainty of the new coronavirus variant led cotton to close lower with triple-digit losses in some instances on Wednesday. March cotton down 222 points to $1.04. May cotton down 184 points to $1.02. Corn started out the day lower, but ended up making a turnaround around midday as trade started to find its footing. December corn up 5 to 5.72, March corn up 4 to 5.71 and a half. Hard red wheat closed lower Wednesday. December hard red wheat down 4 and 3 quarters to 8.14 and a quarter. March hard red wheat down 3 to 8.19 and a quarter. January natural gas down 32 cents to 4.24. February natural gas down 33 cents to 4.17. Oil closed lower Wednesday due to concern over that new coronavirus variant and reports in the afternoon on Wednesday that it had been found in the United States. January crude oil down 57 cents to 65.61 a barrel. February crude oil down 50 cents to 65.35 a barrel. The confirmation of that new coronavirus variant found in the United States impacted the financial markets Wednesday. The Dow down 85 points to 34,397. The S&P 500 down 1 to 4,565. The Nasdaq down 117 points to 15,420 on Wednesday. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.